Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legends of the Five Rings. I'm Kova. I'm Kikita Kaori. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. And this week we are going to be continuing our in-depth review of the Fields of Victory supplement. Because one review is just not good enough. <laughs> it is just not good enough. Last week, last episode, we looked at the the law sections, which were you know, glorious histories, uh, history of the empire, the Lion Clan, Badger Clan, and we did also look at the new schools that were part of that. So, if you're interested in that, go find our previous episode. And this week, we'll be looking at mostly mechanics, so character creation, items, new techniques, mass battle rules. Indeed. So let's get going. Let's get going. Well, the first part we wanted to talk about was in section two. This is part three. This is more character creation stuff. So there's a couple of new distinctions. There is guiding ancestor and a traditional adherent. What kind of character you want to make there? We have some new passions. We have a passion for ancestry. And also a passion for glorious deeds. Oh. Is that your own glorious deeds or other people's? Or is it both? Uh, I think it's mostly your own, but I can't remember right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are adversaries as well. There's the blood feud, which is similar to enmity of a clan, but it's very it's much more specific. And you also have some responsibilities. So it's not just mm-hmm. these people will... I take occasionally stroll up and murder you or attempt to murder you. You actually are supposed to be part of this feud. It's like your family versus their family. They're more cousin <laughs> um, all, all, all the, the Matsu in there. I think it's smaller and more personal than the Matsu and the Kakita, but it would be much more likely to be, you know, my, my immediate family and their immediate family or that kind of thing. Board, mm-hmm. I suspect there's going to be a lot of border squabbles. So I'm going to be like that. There are some anxieties as well, belligerent and braggart, which can uh, I can see how they can cause some uh, aggravation for you. And there is a, a sidebar on the scar disadvantage that you can pick up in combat or in character generation for ways of making your own and what effect it has. So you get more flexibility and you can tailor it to your specific character, which I think is going to be a good thing. There's also the Lion Her- Heritage Table that that is kind of like the one that they've had for each other clans. How your GM lets you roll on on these special heritage tables is kind of up to you. I think the GMs that I've had so far kind of will let you um, roll on both and pick which one you want. So that's one way to do it. One for your clan. Yeah. There is also a big section of new items, which is also a tradition for these supplements. Plenty of new weapons. There's a bunch of new Yari spears, uh, a nice knife, uh, sapper axe. There are new types of arrowhead. So there are jade obsidian ones, and there's uh, steel-tipped ones that is razor-edged and can thus do bleeding. There are new items like uh, blasting powder, of which much was made when it first came out. Caltrops mm-hmm. and so forth. And there are even things for not murdering people, like war fans and war banners. And a medical kit, which you can use to remove bleeding. 
without a role. So that's a, a useful thing to have about your person. Yes. So a lot of new kit for your your characters to to requisition from the requisite authorities, or possibly buy if you if you want to like lower yourself to using money for. <laughs> There are some new magic items. Um, there is the banner of Amaterasu. Uh, your PC probably won't get that, but it's a good dingus to go rescue mm. from someplace, I suppose. Um, yeah. There's the claws of the Kitsu. Um, Akoto's daggers. So there's a bunch of Akoto daggers. These are these are special. Yeah. Um, and there is the genuine copy of leadership, which I think it might be the most popular of. Of these, yeah, mm. the people who, for some reason, I know quite more than one people playing a lion character who have to be carrying around their very special copy of leadership. So now they can have an extra special copy of leadership. So a whole bunch of patterns, uh, patterns for those of you who it's not part of the core rules, but there's stuff you can add to a weapon to customize it or make it better. So got three that apply to uh, armor or weapons. So there's a coda pattern, Ichido pattern, and fearsome snarl. That sounds like a good one. You have concealment and mountain silk for armor, and deadly fangs that add to pole arms. And there's a couple for blasting powder. So blasting powder gets some customization op- options out the gate. Burning water and screaming fire, which both sound delightful. And I think my favorite is there's one for paper, which is Toriyama's endurance. So there you go. Who wants ordinary paper? Right. It makes your paper extra durable. So you can yeah. have that really, really robust copy of uh, Akoto's leadership that you use to uh, stop swords. Or <laughs> it, it sounds a bit silly, but honestly, what with copies of leadership, wards, um, talismans, which are made out of paper, uh, having something like that, and and... Honestly, in genuinely historically, there were various types of different types of traditional paper that were had that had different properties. And so, yeah, some of it was literally made for construction. You know, the the shogi screens, shogi screens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's cool. <laughs> so then we have what I think is most people's favorite parts of these books when they have them, which is. New techniques, because we're always looking for new techniques for our characters. There are three new unarmed kata. Fierce badger style, which is a unarmed throw. Thicket's embrace style, which is unarmed movement through entangling or obscuring terrain. So it lets you kind of move through that without some of the obstacles. And... Shattering Tide style increases damage or causes days when you're in deadly or confining terrain. And this, using the terrain to benefit you by yeah. using techniques, I I've, I like that overall. I think, yeah. the, um, you know, sometimes it can be taken too far, but uh, I like the theme of using the terrain. No, I think it's great, yeah. We also have a, a, a good bushel of rituals. You have, seem to have one for each kami, and for most type characters, they're worth taking. Uh, maybe the doji won't go too far for their one. but So you have a kodo, a kodo's judgment. That increases an army's discipline in a chosen type of terrain. So these the, the rituals are things that take a long, a long period of time. You totally don't do them in one action unless you are 
deer clan. I think they can do some rituals that way. Yes. <laughs> I, li- I like these kind of down downtime things you do. Like this is your stirring speech, I suspect. Mm-hmm. You're kind of, you know, we can do this. And it doesn't matter that the terrain is, in fact, on fire. We will, you know, we are trained for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayushi's absolution, that reduces strife or fatigue by your focus when you would next receive strife or fatigue. Wait, that's, a, that's a very, very good one as well. I like that. Yeah. For duel or something, that's pretty cool. Tochi's wisdom lets you write down the events that happened that you saw, and people will believe you. It has opportunities to that you can spend to impact the people who read the account in various ways, or you can spend an opportunity to make the paper durable for that pattern. <laughs> I like the idea of this. I like that. I like the idea of Crane Battlefield reporters. That's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, going out and creating the first impression of history, as it as it were, yeah. so that people can go and believe them. And that that sounds very Crane. As a player technique, it's it's fine, um, but you could always just being the player who was there write it down anyway. Well, I think I think it's not so much you, you can't. It's not that you can't write it down if you don't have this. This is a way of codifying what you can do with that, with the thing what you wrote down. I suspect. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the basic idea that you you can still do these things if you don't have the technique. This is just a way of you can do it better if you've got the technique. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just like. It does that imply that if you don't have the technique when you write something down, they don't believe you? I, I'm not sure what that means. Hida's might is awful cool. You can use it to create an arena, which is an area around yourself where all people in that area who do not keep strife on their check can reduce the TN of their next check by one. Okay. So you can spontaneously say, okay, on this piece of wall that I am standing on, I have an enemy coming that's hard to hit. So as long as you don't keep strife, therefore we're like going for the long battle here. Yeah, yeah. All your TNs are reduced by one for your checks, Mm, you know, every turn. Wow. Which is cool. That's pretty cool. Moving on, we've got Sheba's Calm, and that removes the defiled quality from an area, which sounds very handy, and they can actually do it to other terrain qualities with opportunity spends. So put that fire out, (laughs) if need be. But being able to remove defiles from an area is a very, very important thing to be able to do from time to time. So that's a really good one. I like that. We also have Shinjo's Empathy, which removes fatigue, and it can also heal animals, which is... A uh, very important thing for the Shinjo and for the unicorn in general. Yeah, this is this is generally removing f- fatigue and healing the animals, not removing your fatigue. Oh, it's aimed at animals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but if you you very much for your Utaku battle maiden's going to want that one. Yes, Takashi's wisdom allows you to predict an opponent's action and then do immediate counteraction. So if during ritual time, like during downtime, you do Tagashi's wisdom and say, I believe I'm going to fight this person or 
yeah. do this thing tomorrow. You know, I believe I will be struck by this person, right, in a fight. You predict that. And then the next day, when you are struck by that person in the fight, you can do immediate action, not taking th- anything in the action economy that counteracts or otherwise stops that. So that could be a hit back, as I understand it. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when they punch me, I will punch them harder in this fashion, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which I like quite a bit. I think that's a pretty awesome technique for dragon. I think, yeah, I think that's got a lot of potential, yeah. Yeah. There are a bunch of shuji. We have air shuji. We have one called borrowed courage that reduces panic or strife in exchange for staking an honor. So we will have victory. I've staked my honor that we will have victory, but you all feel better about it. We have clouds parted by steel, which allows you to learn an advantage or disadvantage of your opponent by fighting them. That's very traditional. Yes. And kind of a have-to-have for your Bayushi death dealer, uh, I have to say. Uh, Because you can make more disadvantages for you to exploit. Entice with falsehoods. This lets you change your opponent's goal in mass battle. So in mass battle, each side has goals and you can use this to change an opponent's goal yeah so presumably they they think that we're we're going to storm this hill but you you've made it so that they can't do that because this hill isn't stormed so i have to do something else and yeah yeah sounds very cool there are earth shuji as well fortress of necessity which is build a fortification for battle great anvil's measure which on the guard maneuver you can cause strife if they target someone other than you. And steady the hammer decreases the target number of your next attack. Yeah, that's cool. A fire gets four. There is call of the wild, which increases the damage and deadliness of your pet animals. So this is ah. if you're Matsu Beastmaster, you can still have, yeah. a, have a more awesome pet if you do this shuji on them. There is righteous example which causes attrition or panic and reduces the target number for other leaders on your side. So that's cool. There's Sting of Warrior's Pride, which reduces the damage attrition to your side's target. So you can, like, Mm -hmm. sting your, your opponent's side. And then you can have to smash the heart, uh, which gives strife to an ally of a defeated opponent. So in mass battle, if you defeat somebody, you can give strife to another leader on their side yeah. for watching their ally get smushed. Water comes with coursing march chant. So that's your, your marching songs, which helps you march further. Well, I think that's cool. Preserve strength reduces the target number of medicine checks and reduces attrition to your units. Your enemy's arrows. I think I know where that comes from. Transfer momentum from your enemy target to you. I suspect that comes from a, a famous story where, oh no, we are running out of arrows. The enemy has loads of arrows. We don't have any arrows. It's really bad. Oh no, what are we going to do? And uh, one general said, I'm going to get thousands of arrows by tomorrow. And, well, no, you're not. And uh, he loaded up a whole bunch of boats because there was a river in between them. 
And he learned a whole bunch of boats with straw bales and troops, fake troops. It's like straw men with armor and sailed them up and down the river. And obviously the enemy went, oh no, enemy! And they fired loads of arrows. And then he just picked them out of the straw dummies. And like, there you go, loads of arrows. <laughs> I love I suspect it. That's, that's where that name comes from. That's excellent. So for Void, there is the Battle of No Escape, which prevents a morale collapse or also prevents or ignores compromised conditions for your allies uh, if they get compromised. You have Moments of Glory, which transfers attrition from your cohort and turns it into fatigue on you. So rather than your cohort being loaded with arrows, you run around in front of them and take the arrows yourself, I guess. Yeah, or, or, or this is the rousing This is the rousing speech where you kind of really knacker yourself, kind of go, go team. And so they go, we will ignore all our problems. Yeah, that's cool. And then the final one is victory without a sword. Now, this is the first, I think, rank six shuji. Ooh. Maybe a first rank six technique period. Mm, maybe. This causes a roll off with the enemy commander. That if you win, the whole mass battle is bypassed. The enemy suffers panic and collapses, and you win. You just win. That sounds awesome. And I can see why that's rank six. I do find myself immediately wondering if there's a curriculum somewhere that has that as, as privilege access at rank five. There is. Oh, there, there is. I, uh, not hugely surprised. <laughs> I think I also – well, I don't know whether it comes from this particular story, but I think it's from a similar one where you know, the, these two famous generals were often in this kind of – they often battled each other. And one of them was like – he was in a situation where his army was like really depleted. He was in no fit state to do anything. And there was a city he had to kind of uh, defend, but he just didn't have the troops, didn't have anything. And he knew the enemy had – was was like huge and, and it was really, really well – yeah. It was just no contest. So what he did was he said, right, I want all my troops to hide, and I want you to set up a nice table in the big courtyard. You're going to keep the front gates open to the city, and we're going to have a nice table, picnic set out, teacups, and I'm going to be in my nice clothes, and I'm going to sit in there drinking some tea when the enemy rolls up. And it was like, what are you doing? What is in this tea? What have you done to yourself? <laughs> but the enemy army, the enemy army turns up, and they, from their point of view, one of the best, cleverest generals on the, on the planet, right? No troops mm-hmm. in sight, no defenses, gates wide open, having tea in a nice, empty, open courtyard. It's a trap. Run away. It's a trap. Run away. We've got to get out of here. This is a trap. And they did. They left. They ran away. Uh, that's that's literally what that is. I can imagine yep. that exactly what that is. Dear me, someone's been reading their Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I think. Yeah. Once again, this is a problem with with Shuji. Well, this is a problem with fire stance in general. Most of the fire stance techniques, all except one, is basically takes huge advantage of the strife bonus successes. As well as there being, you know, three, four techniques, but that's not really the big deal. The big deal is that fire has these shuji that take advantage of the strife bonus successes, and the strife bonus successes are already very strong. And so we mm. kind of like, I don't know. I think fire stance, as more techniques come out that use bonus successes, it ends up being a 
getting more problematic. So it's just... So far as a bit unbalanced, do you think? Yeah, sometimes it's a bit unbalanced that way. Now, not to mention what bonus successes do in regular combat. So there are some alternatives for fire stance. You can find in the Little Truths document that people put together, people propose some solutions for a fire stance. But if you have a fire stance a person getting out of control with their bonus successes. The most common solution suggested at the tables that GMs have been using is to limit the number of bonus successes you can take with strife to two. That's still a good advantage. It's just not five bonus yeah. successes. And that's yeah, well, I have to say, taking, taking five strife at once can be a bit worrying, but yeah, yeah. Problems with fire stance seems to be something that has come out at a lot of tables, so I thought I'd mention it for what it's worth. Now, there's been an awful lot of fine, upstanding battle stuff going on, and <laughs> I wouldn't want the sneaky, devious people to feel left out, because as Akoda says in leadership, all is honorable on the battlefield. So there are a couple of ninjutsu techniques as well, which is employ terrible thunder, which is using blasting powder to explode something like a cohort or fortification items, cause damage. Basically, you're, you're bombing things. This is more or less what the Daidoji did in the fiction Daidoji to Kyuz and Kakita. We have swift scouting, which is a way of discovering terrain and terrain features very quickly. Uh, that's not something that Daidoji should have because they there's their thing is that they've already done the scouting in the past and so they they know where everything is. So there you go. Uh, patient <laughs> Viper hides your cohorts or your targets. Is that that's using Earth? Yes. Vanishing Shadows so like uh, hides. Yeah, and so Vanishing Shadows does the same, but uses air. Right. So Patient Viper is like they paint themselves with camouflage and lie really still on the ground yep. and stay there for hours and hours. That's yep. such a, that's a very classic scout thing. That's not the same as Vanish in Shadows where you are sneaky beaky ninjas bouncing around. One, you don't move very much, but you're very invisible because you're wearing your camo, yep. but not slipping through the shadows. Yeah. And the last one is Wreak Havoc, which is pretty much what it says on the tin. Uh, damages or destroys the fortification. Section three is some additional mass battle rules. Now, um, these mass battle rules are not expanding so much the uh, rules from the core rule book, okay? But they are still also only from a commander of an army's point of view. Yeah, yeah. One of the problems, I guess, of mass battle in fifth edition is that. It works great if you guys, the PCs, are in charge of the battle. You each may take off a, a cohort and go command it. And if you are not a character that would be leading a cohort, then there's nothing for you to do, really. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Character-wise, personality-wise or anything, you, you know, there's nothing for you to do. And that's, that's a problem. It also doesn't necessarily works super well if your party has come into a mass battle and is participating in it, which happens a lot in my gameplay experience for not not necessarily with um, fifth edition, but with L5R, you know, you are there and... Yeah, it's, it's raging around you. You are not the most important. Yeah, it's raging around you 
but you're not the people in charge of the battle. You are sucked into one side or the other and need to participate. This war is happening around you. You are technically involved, but you have no control over who's winning and who's losing. Right. But heroic opportunities could arise. Yeah. Right. So command in first through fourth edition, if you were in command, it was kind of a, a turn by turn, one die roll off. Yeah. 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 For a command. Are you winning this round? Are you winning this round? And then for everybody else, the more complicated system was you individually are going to be someplace in this battle and you roll to see how much damage you sustain and and yeah. what heroic opportunities open themselves up to you. So it's very individualistic. It's not fighting as a party, but it is for people on the bottom of the battle. So you, you could have an effect in that if you got a heroic opportunity and that and and you succeeded, that might give the next battle roll plus two or something or plus some number. Mm-hmm. To to the next battle roll of your side, so you did have an effect, but yeah, you weren't you weren't in charge of where things were going. But in fifth edition, you are a leader of a cohort, so you are not the overall leader of the battle. You're like the next level down, where you've got a unit mm-hmm. of spear people or a unit of cavalry or or what have you. So I kind of feel I I've always wanted there to be the ability to. Do all have all of those kind of levels? You could have the we are all together in a battle, and it's mm-hmm. just all raging around us, and you know we we take what opportunities you can. But also, you know, as an individual, because in the first to fourth, it was definitely you as an individual. Mm-hmm. But I think you're you're talking about you'd be nice if like we as a group are in this battle, so we have mm-hmm. group opportunities, and, and we as a group decide whether we're fully engaged or in reserves or whatever. Then you go up to the we've got a cohort, and then you go up to I am actually in charge of the full battle. It'd be nice to be able to do all of those. Yeah. Now there is on my website a um, mass battle for small groups thing that lets you do those small groups, but that's that's homebrew. <laughs> you can read it if you want. It's on the battle. However, in this book, it doesn't change that basic dynamic. Instead, there are additional mass battle rules. But they are more about care and feeding of your pet army, how to marshal your army, how to get your army and put it together, and what kind of forces you can get based on your status, how to outfit and train your army with specific, has a bunch of clan-specific doctrines you can train your army with that makes them better at different things. And then how to maintain and then disperse your army. So say, okay, we don't need you anymore. Go home. Please don't become bandits. It's growing season. Harvest season, go harvest. Yeah. yeah. That's an important thing to know how to do. <laughs> it is. Uh, historically, yes, certainly. However, it's more about um, care and feeding of this army rather than um, a different premise yeah, of yeah. how to fight. There is a different factor that goes into play during the mass battles itself, and that is the idea of using battle zones. Mm. So it suggests that you make a map of your battlefield area, and you make all different kinds of terrains on that map, and then you have the battle rage around the map, and it then gets flavored differently depending on what terrain type it is over. And then you have to take objectives 
in each kind of terrain to, to make them not all the same. The best part of the new mass battle rules to me are the new terrains. I love them. I think terrains are great overall. They also apply to skirmishes as well as mass battles. I will give how they impact skirmishes here. They sort of do a similar effect for mass battles, but uh, I'm sure if you're doing mass battles, you want to buy the book and be reading it anyway. But these, you could potentially just listen to the podcast and go, yes, I want to use that to to my game right now. So there is confining terrain. In confining terrain, weapons with a maximum range of two or higher are at an increased TN2 to hit. Mm. So you can't use that. Naganata in the narrow passageway. That's perfect. Or, That's or in that or in that dense forest. Or yeah, right. yeah, there's so many Yeah, yeah. So I love that. That's very applicable anywhere. So confining terrain. Mm. Elevated terrain. Yes. Finally you can say it you can't do it. I have the high ground. Um, <laughs> that's that's literally that's literally the effect. That's what it says. Um, it doesn't say that. It's a lie. But elevated terrain. What it actually does, although you can shout that, you really you really should. But weapons that uh, use martial arts ranged to attack people, they reduce the target number of, of attacking with range uh, by one because you have when you're elevated, it's much easier to hit people with ranged attacks. If you're elevated and they're down. So that is a very thing. That's a good reason to like, take a hill or climb up a tree or any, any anything like that. I love terrains. Open terrain is where you are running across this free wide open field. Uh, it reduces the TN of movement action checks by one. This is pretty solid. I would think that open terrain is a lot of the area. But it's just like, this is really easy to move here, even easier. No clods of earth or anything. Absolutely. It's just especially good. I would have thought that like, the cavalry would just be terrifying in situations like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I, I'm sure they, yeah. oh, an extra target number off. Oh, brilliant. That makes me even worse. <laughs> They're really <laughs> even more terrifying. And there is recessed terrain. This is if you are on the other side of elevated terrain. So you're on the low ground. Ranged attacks are easier to hit you when they're from the outside this region. Do those stack, do you think, if you're someone's at an elevated and you're on recessed? Is that I probably would not stack them because that would just be right, right. cruel. It it has to do with where your party is yeah. compared to the attackers. So if you are in recessed terrain and the attackers are not, then you're at a penalty. If you are in elevated terrain and the other people you are fighting are not, you're at a bonus. And it's the same either way. Just reading the opposite of each other. So we also get some hints on how to actually run military campaigns and what to do with them. Many suggestions and hints there. It says to be aware to add parleys and neutral factions and so forth so that courtiers and non-Bushi in general have things to do. But does it give much guidance as to how to do that, would you say? No, it it doesn't, unfortunately. It doesn't – it says have all these things. It has neutral factions for your courtiers to negotiate with and add parleys and stuff so your courtiers have things to do. Because your courtiers aren't leading the combat. They aren't participating in the mass battle side and they aren't fighting in any skirmish. 
So, so have these things, but it doesn't actually tell you how they interact with this in a, in a battle system. It doesn't show how to end a war at all. It has much more about sustaining or, or training or raising the armies, but doesn't have like what brings a war as opposed to an individual battle to an end or how to set up parlies. It's just one would assume that you do it in some fashion through intrigues. It doesn't say that. And, you know, intrigues are kind of woefully low on uh, direction on how to do them anyway. So it's like, I think you would do it with an intrigue in some fashion, but it's kind of tricky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most wars do end with some negotiation at some point. It's very rare that you win your war because absolutely no one on the other side is capable of fighting you anymore. There's almost always some kind of, you know, you should surrender now. You should you should accept that you've lost. And in return, we will do this or we won't do that. You know, that kind of thing. So I think it would have been nice to have a bit more guidance. I mean, admittedly, I do understand that for an ongoing military campaign, how armies are sustained and trained and all that is probably useful. But yeah, I think more on how the war would end. And that certainly gives a lot more for courtiers to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's nice. Yeah, I mean, courtiers can be. You could, in theory, make a courtier who is a battlefield commander. Absolutely, and they do have shuji. Yeah, because because you don't really have the split that you did in previous editions between fighting person and talky person. Whereas in old editions, the stats you used for both were so very different, it could be very difficult to make someone who is both a courtier. And Debushi, it was actually quite hard to do that. Whereas you don't have that same thing. If you get, you know, you can get by with just skills. You don't necessarily need the techniques, although they're nice. And titles will get you those techniques. So someone could be playing. You, know, you could have a courtier school that is a battlefield commander. No problem. That would make perfect. Absolutely, that's not the problem with it. The problem is more um, if you have a character whose personality is not a, a battlefield commander. So, uh, yes, I could absolutely make a devastating battlefield commander doji diplomat. No problem. The, sh- the shujis are where it's at a lot of times with uh, the specific commander-type things. However, if I made a character whose personality was not I am a battlefield commander leading troops, then it's very, very awkward. Yeah, what does that person do in this military campaign? And that is quite a lot of characters. It's much easier to make a character who's not than it is one who who is. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of new titles. So these are always a fun to go for. We have uh, Ashigaru, which is a title that probably your samurai is not going to go for, but it's actually pretty good. It focuses on working together and uh, assisting each other uh, in your actions. So it would be very intimidating to be a, a bunch against a bunch of Ashigaru all working together because they're all stacking their bonuses left and right. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And it, it gives them the, the access to all the techniques that you want. There's the Death Seeker, the very famous Lion Death Seekers. They're the ones who have lost their honor in some way. They've been disgraced. And basically, their their only recourse is an honourable death on the battlefield. 
So that's what they look for. And this title gives you the ability to keep fighting even if you are incapacitated. Right. Fight to the end kind of deal. The next two are Elemental Guards and Elemental Legionnaires. An Elemental Guard, it doesn't specify that it needs to be a Shigenja at all, though it is awarded by the Master of the Elemental Council. And it causes you to inflict strife when doing elemental actions. That not, not spells mm. necessarily, but actions in that in that stance. Yeah. And then Elemental Legionnaire is the counteract of that. It's almost exactly the same, but it removes strife when you do those elemental actions. This is almost doubling down on the whole Sheba thing. And they are Phoenix. Yeah. So that's what they are. You know, inflict and remove strife. Yeah, the, the Elemental Guard and Elemental Legionnaire were fairly famous Phoenix units of Shigenja and soldiers fighting together, mm-hmm. which most of the clans don't do. And that was a, that was a signature thing of the, the Phoenix clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, another title you can get, which is General, which I think that sounds like that'll be a tough one to get. Uh, this increases discipline and also gives access to lots of kata, rituals, and shuji. So uh, that sounds like a good one if you can actually claw your way up the ranks. Yeah, this this gives tons of access to those things. So this is where if you have very limited access to techniques, you know, you can have the smorgasbord in this yeah. title. There's the Lion's Pride Warrior. This allows you to increase your damage by the difference between your honor and your opponent's honor. And this is kind of the the Lady Matsu exclusive technique. So it's mm. very, very lionish. All the lion pride warriors live together, being lion's pride warriors together. And yeah. And you beat people over the head with your honor. Pretty much. Sounds like a good thing to do. Here you go. Swack. Ow! <laughs> See? That's why you should be honorable. <laughs> There's the Master Saboteur. They get access to Ninjutsu. So it's not clan-specific. So this isn't a specific clan, like the Lion's Pride Warriors, obviously, Lion Clan, uh, generally. So this is not clan-specific and gives uh, access to Blasting Powder and, and other interesting things like that. Yeah. There's the Poet of War. This allows your forces to deal more attrition as you recite poetry for them that apparently makes them able to be more violent. They made a mistake with this. They should totally have flavored this to be a taiko drummer. Taiko drummer. Yeah, absolutely. Taiko drummer. Uh, I very much agree. That It's not that reading, listening to poems about your ancestors can't drum you up, but this would have been great for Tycho Drummer, and, and the technique is perfect. Yeah, I mean, you can all, like, this is one of the things relatively easy to, to reskin, I suppose. Right. Instead of perform your poetry, you perform your drumming, and you drum. Yep. And make it a drummer. That, that would be awesome. All right, the next one on the list is Quartermaster. That is the person who's in charge of supply in your army. And this increases the discipline of your troops and strength. Because they've got the best kit and the best food, and they've got actual shoes that work and other such useful <laughs> things. And you'd, your shoes are important. 
<laughs> they really are. are important. They really are. The next title is Renowned Warrior. This one is a very easy access one. For, I'm not saying the technique is, the title is easy to get, but this is a good one for PCs. Mm. Okay. This one allows people who are on your side around you to remove strife when they see you hit somebody. So it's like, oh. oh, look, he just beat up that enemy that I am also fighting. That makes me feel so happy that I have a renowned warrior on my side. I am much more at peace. It makes me calmer. I reckon we might not actually all die because we've got this person on our side. Look at how awesome they are. Yeah, I can see that. Pretty one. Much. I like that. That's cool. A spirit caller. This summons a spirit to possess you. And desperately hope they're going to do something useful. Not go, oh, I've got a body again. I'm going to the baths. <laughs> but what about the battle? No, I haven't had a bath in like 300 years. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I think the line would be like, let's get the job done first. Then we go have a nice relaxing bath. The bath is what you promise them if you, when you invite them to possession. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. See, my master is one, it, it, to allows you to reduce the TN of a goal by spending void. It's helpful. I, I, I like that title technique too. And obviously the unarmed stuff, which is cool. Yeah. It's a nice addition, actually. The next one up is Sword Saint. Kensai is what they used to call it, I seem to recall. That gives you early access to Victory Without a Sword. So you get that at rank 5 instead of rank 6, which I believe I mentioned earlier. Also Soul Sunder and all rank 5 Close combat cutter, good lord. Reduces severity of strikes and increases base damage and deadliness. So, dear me, don't let your players have this. This sounds terrifying. It, yeah. This, <laughs> so, in order to get Sword Saint, you have to be granted it by another. And there's supposedly only one in the Empire, but of yeah. course, all five of them are now in your party. Because um, that's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this one can give you access to that rank six victory without a sword technique at rank one not that you could necessarily make the roll but no yeah this no. this this i uh, say anybody could do that yeah this this gives it with the technique as a okay. diamond technique so yeah I, th I think this is one of those things where it's down to the gm to to limit that limit access to that one until they think the campaign is ready right but it does give it to you the soul sunder and also all the rank one through five close combat chuji are there in, in curriculum for you. So even just getting access to this one is, is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there's War College Graduate, which again is a lion technique. This allows you to accrue extra momentum in a mass battle to uh, achieve your ends. Next, there's an opportunities table for opportunities in time of war. Um, that is in the Winter Garden opportunity table. I've updated it so you can see see those opportunities there. I was literally just about to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking care of you. you got to have good, it. Good, 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 good. And there is a discussion of the tenant of Bushido Mayo, which is translated generally into just honor, which is still a problem that honor is a is a component of honor mm. and it doesn't sound like this particularly disambiguates the two it it didn't really 
it tried, but it doesn't really. It do, it doesn't separate the the two. So uh, unfortunately, it won't solve that problem. In yeah. our previous podcast, we kind of talked about the idea of making honor as the individual virtue of Bushido dignity. Yeah. And some of the examples that they have could be read that fashion, but it is uh, it is complicated and it's not really solved here, unfortunately. So. Yeah. But all of this is just our opinions. We want to know what your opinions are. Uh, as our listeners, what will you do when you have a new player who wants to be an Akoto Soldier's Sword Saint? Yeah. That could be a, a problem, and I don't know how I would deal with that yet. So you might want to think about that. Uh, are you going to do mass battles in your campaigns, and how do you find situations for those to start? We could really use ideas for mm -hmm how to set up a mass battle campaign to give them a campaign premise that goes on. So let us know. There are also, I forgot to talk about the demeanors and templates. It does have demeanors and templates in there like the other books do, but uh, we forgot to talk about that. Anyway, but let us know what you think. Yeah, and um, there's there's a lot of interesting possibilities. There's also, I feel, a few missed opportunities that is rife for further discussion. But it was a good book overall, and we liked it. I'm sorry if we sound like we're ragging on it too much. I think it was a, I think it was a solid book. You just mm. saw things, th things that you wish you had seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, just as a call out, there is a new project associated with the L5R LCG that is wrapped up for the year forever, potentially. But a player initiative is trying to keep it going with a new storyline and so forth. And there is an interview on the Emerald Dojo website with me and Steelfer, who is another player, and talking about what we're kind of thinking about in terms of story or at least knowing what that project is, which you might want to be interested in if you like. I know we're RPG people, but sometimes people do both. So we'll have yeah. the link in our in our show notes. Yep. We should also call out to our sister podcasts and our patrons. We have many other podcasts in our Core Games Network. The Alpha LCG podcast, obviously with the winding down of the uh, card game, that's more or less on hiatus right now, but... Uh, as there may be further development in the future. Similarly with our Live from Tokyo podcast called Tokyo the Five Rings, although the episodes that are out are still very worth listening to. But we have two ongoing actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agnes and Fortunes and Strife. And obviously you should also check out our friends at D20 Radio who have a role-playing podcast for any need you may possibly have. <laughs> Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website, where you can store and see longer-term information, summaries of our podcasts, great role-playing game tools, and more. And for our patrons, we'll have special bonus content. We have adventure seeds. Maybe we'll try and come up with an adventure seed for mass battle thing. We have early access to our AP podcasts. I have show notes for Fortune and Strife, some letters, and more things like that. Online, you can find us at our website at courtgamespod.com, on Twitter at twitter.com slash courtgamespod, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us this week. 
This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korvar, and until we meet again, keep your jade handy.